you are listening to the Surviving Maine podcast. Uh, Back in 2019, 19 players went to Maine to play Survivor. And I spoke with as many of them as I could about how they played the game, what they did right, what they did wrong, what they would have done differently, if, you know, if they had known things that they didn't know at the time, all that good stuff. So this was way back before any episodes of Surviving Maine had been edited. Uh, in fact, it was a full year before I was even given the footage to edit to make these episodes of the web series. Uh, I thought I was just going to do a podcast. I didn't think I'd be making the whole show, but that's what I ended up doing. So I was able to interview nine players from the show, all at random times in a, in a random order, but I will be releasing those interviews as each player gets voted out. So next week, you will get to hear um, an interview I did with the third player voted out of the game. But this week, I have a special treat, and that is an interview I did with the creator of Surviving Maine, Liza Stratton. I get to talk to Liza all about how and why she created Surviving Maine. Uh, We talk about a lot of cool stuff. And um, warning, there are spoilers for the first two episodes of the show. So be sure to watch the first two episodes before listening to this. Uh, And uh, with that being said, here is my conversation with Liza. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Um, Thanks for talking to me today. Yeah, I'm excited. Wonderful. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Okay, so Liza, first of all, everyone seemed really uh, excited, like even the, well, maybe not even the people who were voted out early, but (laughs) (laughs) everyone seemed to have a really great experience on Surviving Maine. Um, How do you feel about the the season two experience? Uh, I think that season two um going into season two I wasn't totally sure if I was going to keep going after that um just based on on how much work it is to put everything together um but after I feel like I can't stop doing it (laughs) um just because I am getting such a good response from the players and from people who want to play in the future um that I really like that I was able to give them that experience to that, that same experience that I had in another game, um, to kind of get them addicted and hooked and, um, to meet all kinds of new friends and to have this experience that they never would have otherwise. Yeah. So what made you put it together in the first place? Uh, so I played in, I think it was 2017, um, of Durham Warriors survival challenge, um, which is, Similar to this, it's, it was a four-day game, I think. It was either three or four days. I mm-hmm. think it was four. Um, in Durham, uh, that was put on by um, John Fataha and uh, a crew at, at Bob Crowley's house. Um, and Bob Crowley. Kind of huh? I'm just going to say Bob Crowley from uh, season 17 of Survivor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got the chance to play in that um, and really just loved the experience and I met so many people and was kind of, that was kind of like my slow introduction into the survivor community. Um, and prior to that, I didn't even realize that there was one for the most part. Like mm-hmm. I listened to Rob has a podcast a little bit. 
Um, but I didn't recognize that there was people who like went in the woods for four days to play these games. <laughs> um, and I, I had a similar experience to what it sounds like most of the people from season two had that I, um, just like bonded really closely with the people we played with. Um, and then as well as the people on production, I got to meet so, so many, um, survivor super fans. Um, and then, uh, I found out that like through this, the other games happen as well. Um, mm. and I played two more over the summer. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of got like addicted for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> So I played in two more that summer and then it kind of hit me that this is something that I very much have the skills to do and put on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, talked to my parents and my brother about um, using the space out behind their house to put it on. Um, And then we started in, I think, August preparing for the first season. Um, And then the first season went great. So we just did it again. When did you record the first season? The first season was uh, May of 2018. Okay, so you started planning in August. You got 20, it together, yeah. what, nine nine months later? Yeah, yeah about that. Uh, wow. <laughs> and how long did it take you to plan the season two? Season two, um, I same started again about the same time in okay. August. Um, summers are really busy for me at work, so I get through the summer and then get started. Mm-hmm. Um, although I've already started for season three now. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good because everyone I've talked to has said that they really want to play in an all-star season. Oh, great. (laughs) Good to hear. Yeah. Um, So what do you like better than being on the player side or the production side? I think that like right now, I would say I like being on the production side better. Um, But then when I'm there watching them play, I really envy their positions and getting... (laughs) and getting that opportunity to play. Um, But luckily, like I still have that option in other games. Um, So like in September, I'm going to South Africa to play um, a four day survivor game um, with a bunch of survivors and South African survivors. Um, And then obviously there's all kinds of other ones around the country that I would be able to play as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. It switches back and forth. Sometimes I'd rather be in production. Sometimes I'd rather play. Uh huh. Okay. Awesome. So um, when you're trying to get things going at the beginning of thinking about doing a season, how do you get the word out and, and how do you end up choosing the cast from all of the applicants? Yeah, so this season, first season was mostly people I knew and talking with them about inviting their friends um, just because we didn't quite have that community built up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think definitely through season two, we have created a community of people who know about it and who are interested in it. Um, and that's come mostly just through a Facebook presence. Um, and, you know, I started paying for Facebook ads and mm-hmm. sharing a lot of things um, just to try to get the word out in Maine at least. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think other than that, it's just through that, that online game community that it has spread. Um, Cause I share it like in the, there's a bunch of different Facebook groups for like live reality games. So I've shared it there. Um, so just sharing it and then also talking about it a lot here. Um, I wear my surviving main shirts all the time and people ask me what they are. Um, just bringing it up whenever I can. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think that this next season will be much easier to cast. Um, but last season really was like the start of our, our Facebook community and getting those likes and the people who are like following our posts and sharing and 
um, that's really what helped us out this season. Cool. Um, casting is a, a challenge for me. <laughs> um, I think it will, it's only going to get harder from here. Um, because it's really hard not to choose everybody who's interested. <laughs> Um, because I want everybody to get that experience and to get to play. Mm -hmm. I think basically how I chose this time was the people who seemed the most, um, dramatic, ready to jump in, (laughs) um, good for TV people, um, who I knew were going to play hard or, um, be funny to watch, Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. And then of course I would reach out to people and they would, ignore me or not answer or say no (laughs) then you have to kind of go back to the the next people and the next people and the next people to do Mm -hmm. it yeah how many people um applied for season two i think we had about 45 applications oh great um 10 of those were women so (laughs) applied um and then i had a couple back out so i had to like do some searching on facebook for who wanted to jump in Mm -hmm. um and for the most part we were able to do that aside from karen um, but yeah, other than that, the men were much harder to choose from just because there were so many. Hmm. Did you get a lot of people from Maine? Was it like mostly Maine? Yeah. And I was actually surprised because of the lack of, um, like publicity we had last year. Um, thinking that we're going to get mostly people who are like in the survivor community and mm. who have played games like this before. But for the most part, they were all people who have never even heard of this kind of thing before, which was really wow. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like a uh, forest. Like how did he end up applying? He sent in his video um, or maybe he didn't send in a video. I think that it was at the point where I really needed a guy to jump in and couldn't seem to get a hold of anybody on the list. Um, and we had been messaging back and forth and he sent me a bunch of pictures and we had been talking for a while. Um, yeah. And then I was like, all right, he seemed goofy and out there enough that I thought that he would make good, make good TV. So I think you were right on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good judge there. (laughs) Um, uh, back to, back to Karen, let's talk about some of the and we'll get to the positives, but let's talk about some of the challenges you faced uh, doing season two of Surviving Maine. First, um, the Karen not showing up. How did you deal with that in the moment? Yeah, I mean, in the moment, we kind of thought about, um, you know, picking another person and throwing them in, um, which was you. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, you know, that didn't really work. So I think our only option was to move forward um, or else it would have, you know, thrown off the timeline and then made the weekend uh, a lot less exciting for everybody because there would have been a lot more waiting that first day. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it was frustrating, um, especially because it's something that I care so much about to see somebody who doesn't care about it at all was really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think we, I still think we made the right choice by, you know, jumping in and getting to it and uh, going on anyways. Yeah. How much did you have to shift by losing that one person in the beginning? Luckily, the first day um, was all reward challenges, except for the last challenge. So it was really easy just to um, some of the challenges that have to be edited one to take one person out um, because it had to be a nine person challenge for both tribes. Um, But yeah, luckily, it wasn't too bad at first. Um, Later on, we didn't realize that um, 
you know, some of the the number planning we had um, about like tribe swaps and things like that were off because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we ended up having to take out a challenge too. So there was one challenge we just didn't end up doing. Okay. um, Because we didn't need to vote out another person. Right. Okay. So there's a challenge for season three ready to go. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Speaking of um, the challenges, challenges, then there were some of the challenges that went that didn't quite go as planned do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah i mean that happened our first season too and i think a lot of it is one a lot of these challenges are things that we're totally just making up um (laughs) we don't necessarily have the dream team capacity to be able to test everything before the day of um and that's why too um you saw sometimes I would just grab a group of people who were standing there, you know, waiting to eat lunch or production or just sitting there watching um, just to test it out if I was hesitant about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we made changes there, which isn't ideal. Um, But again, it was an improvement from last year in that last year we just kind of did it anyways and then made changes while the, while the tribes were competing, Um, which we did a little bit this year, but that's, that's tougher on the contestants. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hope that one day when we have a production team that's building challenges big enough, um, that we'll be able to test them out with a group of people as if we were a tribe. Yeah. Um, what, what were, then what did you take away from the past two seasons that you can bring forward to future seasons that you're going to do to improve that? Yeah. Um, so I think that it's already gotten better from, from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and because in season two compared to season one, I had a lot more people to, you know, talk ideas out with. Um, I did have more people to test things with, uh, you know, I would finish like the big square puzzle. Um, I built it at home, brought it to a family dinner and yeah. had my family try it out to make sure it was doable. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't too hard. Um, and cause in that case we were debating on whether or not the pieces need to be smaller or if they were a good size or if it was too many or not enough. Um, so I brought it there and let people who had never seen it test it out. Um, so little things like that, I think were already helpful. Yeah. Um, and then also I think it was really nice this season to, especially for me, um, to have other people in the production team building their own challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Sam Kugat built the whole season, whole uh, final four challenge this season. Wow. Um, yeah. And the final four challenge was very impressive with the yeah. puzzle ladder and the, the, the fishing traps. Um, it seemed like the only um, challenges that didn't, that were problems were ones that were just taking too long. Yeah. That was a, that's a regular problem. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not sure that that's like a, a problem in the real game because they have all the time in the world. Yeah. So they have the entire day to do hours. one challenge. So. Right. They're fine. Um, but for us, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, we're on a pretty t- tight time schedule. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That was one of the problems last year too, is that in the middle of the challenge, it would be like 20 minutes later and we're like, okay, this needs to end. Yeah. Um, and then we throw in other, other ways to end it or ways to help them out to get it done faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about positive things. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think went really well? What did you do really well? Um, even comparing um, season one to season two, what were some differences that you thought were good? 
Yeah, so um, our challenge production was much bigger this year um, by far um, because our budget was a little bit bigger. So this the first season we didn't charge players. We asked them for a donation, but we didn't um, give them an amount or um, we just said, hey, if you want to donate, you can. Um, and I think that that made a huge difference on our production value mm-hmm. uh, because I had money to work with. Other than that, it's just like coming out of my pocket and out of my regular paychecks, um, which makes it tricky. Um, but since we had the budget, we were able to, you know, buy supplies, buy tools to build the thing, build the challenges, um, which makes a huge difference. Yeah. And then also too, um, we had a lot more volunteers for production. Um, so we had a couple days before the game happened where I just put out on Facebook, like asking for help on these days, um, you know, with chainsaws and drills <laughs> and all of these, these things that I can do, but it's much faster if, um, there are multiple people doing them at the same time. Um, so we got a lot done on those days by people who, um, are, you know, good at using those tools and do this in their regular lives. Um, and a lot of volunteers, which was really nice. Um, so yeah, I think overall the, the challenge value was bigger. Um, we built a lot more than we did in the past. Um, and I think also too, last year we kind of, um, did all of the challenges that I would consider like my go-to challenges, like the ones I had always wanted to do. (laughs) Um, and the ones that were like easier to put together, um, and cost less money and weren't as much work. Uh, so then this year we kind of had to think a step further and build something bigger and better. Um, and to, to like challenge myself artistically and creatively, um, and my team too. Like my mom is an artist who works on, uh, the production with me. So just like coming up with new ideas and things that we wanted to build and make. Um, I forgot what your question was. Well, I was going to say, now you've set the bar uh, much higher for yourself. Now you have to beat it again for season three. Yeah, and I think we will. Uh, <laughs> because now, too, we have all those tools and, like, leftover supplies from last year um, that now we can, you know, build on that collection. And uh, I have a spot in a garage now um, oh. to make, instead of, like, my little studio apartment that I was using. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have, like, a... I have like a one car garage that I get to work in um, awesome. and all the stuff in there. Yeah. So it's going to be, we'll have like a little workshop. It'll be really nice. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I'm hoping to like, to build on the collection of tools and things like that, that we have um, to help make the possibilities greater. How did you end up uh, financially after season two? Did you break even? No. <laughs> do, you, do you think it may be after a few more seasons, it'll end up breaking even? Now that you have tools, um, I'm hoping eventually that once once it does break even, we'll be able to use um, Surviving Maine as a fundraising platform. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure for what yet, but um, that's like the end goal. Nice. Uh, I just didn't want to do it until I knew that I was making enough money to support the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't even close to supporting the cost oh. of the game, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you'll get there. Eventually, hopefully. Yeah. More volunteers, more volunteers. Yeah. Um, uh, me and Becky were actually talking about a. We were watching um, which what I think Survivor South Africa. Yeah. And there was some challenge, and we were like, we need to make this for for Eliza for next year. <laughs> please, please, I that's what I want. I want to get as many people I can as I can to build their own challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it makes makes it a lot easier on me, and then it gets more production members there, um, mm-hmm. and then you guys get a chance to experience it too. Um, okay, so back to, what was my original question? 
as uh, the positive things. So, so the challenges, um, what about other, anything else that you learned from season one that you were able to improve on in season two? Um, another problem that kind of arised season one was that a lot of the contestants knew each other outside of the game oh. <laughs> and had pre-game relationships. And, um, I think that casting helped a lot this season to avoid that because we got a lot of people, um, from all over Maine and who aren't necessarily in the survivor community already. Um, so there were, there did end up to be a couple of people who knew each other, but not like, not like they did in season one In season one, they were all people who have played the game together before, um, <laughs> who, uh, are on production on other games together. So they know each other really, really well. Um, but this season, luckily, um, there were minimal pregame relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? What about shooting it? Um, oh yeah. I like, I have no idea what you did with season one. Yeah. So for season one, um, the film crew had, was a, a crew that, you know, puts on their own survivor games. Um, I played in, in Brian who kind of led the film crew the first season I played in his game once. Um, and then they kind of just went around, um, helping other live reality games film. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So they had a really good system down. Um, the film quality wasn't quite as good as, <clears throat> as this year's games because mm -hmm. Nick has a lot of professional equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, but so they had like a really, a really good system down and I kind of was able to step back and not be involved in film at all um, for the first season. And then the second season came and we have Nick who, um, you know, hadn't really seen Survivor before, <laughs> um, but had like film knowledge and using equipment um, and also had all the equipment that we would ever possibly need um, to get good fit, get good footage um, and shoot some good scenes, which was really great that he had that film knowledge and yeah. the, the, the equipment um but i had to be much more involved um you know i was out there shooting confessionals um taking a lot of uh nighttime footage and evening evening and morning footage um and also too we had to spend that time in between challenges really thinking out um okay this person needs to be here this person needs to be here mm -hmm. um you know we should put the gopro on this person in this challenge because they seem to be really good at puzzle solving or whatever um yeah, so I had to have my hands in the the film bucket a lot more than I did last year, um, just because of Nick's lack of survivor knowledge. But he came through highly with his equipment, and yeah. um, um, the film quality is incredible. After like looking over back over the the drone footage and the GoPros, it's gonna look so good. Yeah, great. Um, so what you need now for next season is Nick plus uh, Brian's crew. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great um yeah and too that's one thing we're looking for next season is a lot more people just to be there holding a camera and filming um so that i can step back again and focus more on um the game and hosting and the challenge and yeah um, all of that stuff that's going on yeah. yeah well i'm down for that always great yeah you <laughs> stepped in and did a ton this year so I think one thing also, I just realized this one thing that changed from season one to season two mm -hmm. is that, um, because in season one, everybody had already played another or mostly everybody had already played another game. Um, they, you know, knew kind of what the experience was coming in, um, and knew what they were getting at. Um, but this season I, 
got a lot of comments like throughout the game and after the game that the players kind of didn't realize it was going to be so real coming into it, (laughs) Um, which is exactly what I was hoping for and hoping (laughs) that they would, you know, kind of be shocked by the amount of, of real that it is Mm -hmm. um, in that they're really out there for four days and they are sleeping in the woods with, you know, minimal food. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of them didn't expect that to be true. Um, uh, which I think is really nice for me. It's really glad for me to hear that people are having that experience. Um, and then also to the amount of positive feedback that I got from players, um, uh, is really great and a lot higher than it was season one. Um, yeah, which I think is because they had played and kind of, you know, knew what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just another thing that was different is that the players were, um, much more, you know, grateful and learned a lot more, I think, in their time than um, returning players had. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Did yeah. it make the experience more fun for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's really why I'm doing it. One, because it's fun for me to, you know, make it and host it. And, um, and then to just give the other players a chance to get the same feelings that I had in Durham and, and all the other games I've played. Um, and to, to feel like how serious it actually is when you're in it. And, you know, after it, you know, it looks fun and silly and, um, but (laughs) there's just so much emotion and like so much of you goes into it while you're there, um, that you don't, you don't anticipate, you expect that it's going to be, oh, you know, it's four days, whatever. Um, but you really do, you know, build relationships and, um, you, you go through almost all of the same emotions that I would assume you go through, uh, in the, in the actual game. So. Yeah, that's what it seemed like most people were were going through. Yeah, there were lots of tears toward the end, and <laughs> especially towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what uh, three nights with minimal sleep would do to anyone. Though. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do you? Can you think of anything else you want to talk about? What have players been talking about? Um. Well, it varies widely, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. What? I can't wait to hear them their their chats with you. As as I like the first four interviews I did, everything was like so fresh in their mind still and now it's like, oh no, people like <laughs> Nick couldn't remember anyone's name. He was talking about how his tightest alliance was with Sarah and I was like, Are you sure Sarah? <laughs> and like twenty minutes after the interview he called me back and he was like, I meant I meant Jess. <laughs> he was like, Can we redo this? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> let's talk. Let's go through each each person. And you can tell me whatever you want to say about them. So first out was Sam. Sam, I knew Sam. Um, her um, husband Nate played in the first season, mm-hmm. um, and she helped a ton on production last year. So I kind of knew mm-hmm. who she was, mm-hmm. um, and and knew what to expect. It and um, I was expecting. You know, I didn't. I expected her to to want to stay in the game much longer. Um, I know that towards the end she was like, she was bowing out and um, not crazy about being there. Um, but I expected her to 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 want to be there for the whole time, or at least yeah. much longer. Um, and also to be, you know, loud and goofy and <laughs> um, and out there and not afraid to tell people what she's thinking and how she's feeling, which she she kind of. 
She did that in confessionals anyways. <laughs> yeah, I think she did maybe do that. But maybe if she had been, it, it so much depends on the other people you were around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that if, if her and Jasmine had been in a different situation, I think yeah. both of them would have been um, much more louder and out there and <laughs> silly and yeah. Yeah. Getting the attention. Yeah. Um, okay, Michael. Michael was a last minute cast. Um, we had somebody who named Jeff who was flying in from Canada. Oh, wow. Um, and his, he was supposed to get picked up at the airport around midnight and around 11, we got a, a text that he hadn't even left because his planes got delayed. Wow. Um, and that he wasn't going to make it until like eight o'clock the next night. Uh. Um, so he made the decision to, you know, turn around and go home, which is fine. And it would have been really hard for us to, to yeah. change the game and get him in there. Um, so I knew that Michael play- Michael played last year, um, and I knew that he was going to be here for production, and he was ready. He would be re- ready and willing to jump in. Um, so yeah, I, I knew what to expect from him as kind of the quieter in the background character. Mm-hmm. Um, Did his game change at all? Um, it might have a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, coming in also because ne- this time around he knew katie um Mm -hmm. not that they really got a chance to play that out at all um but i think that that gave him a little bit more confidence um Mm -hmm. kind of knowing somebody else there and not being alone um and then also um i did notice that his social game you know went up a level and that he was talking a lot more oh wow compared to yeah last year he was very quiet um very much kind of the unnoticed character um Mm -hmm. and you know, he was still quiet this year, but he definitely um, was less so than last year. All right. Liza does go through each and every cast member, but you're going to have to wait to hear what she has to say about each person until they get voted out. Um, if you have Twitter, you can follow Liza at Liza underscore Stratton. You can follow me at MJT the PhD. And you can follow Surviving Maine at Surviving Maine. Be sure to keep an eye out for next week's podcast where I talk to the third player voted out of Surviving Maine.